You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Locked On Utes podcast for a Thursday, a mailbag Thursday, a Twitter Thursday, a happy Thursday to you all as we enter into the month of April, finally escaping that month of March after what feels like a year. Holy cow, I don't know about y'all gang, but I am super fired up to talk about some University of Utah athletics today. We're going to talk about a big offer coming from the basketball program, Coach, new coach Craig Smith already getting a head start on recruiting We're also going to talk about some big news coming from the athletic department regarding the red and white game on April 17th. There's a good chance that I might actually get to see some of you there. We'll talk about that as well. And we're going to take all of your mailbag questions, try and get those answers out to you as quickly and as smoothly as possible, just like if you're sitting in the drive-thru after last call on a Saturday night and trying to get you some Del Taco. It might be a little bumpy, but hang on tight. It's the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by Built Bar for April 1st, 2021. It's another great day to be a youth. Thank you so much, my Utah friends and family, for joining me here on the Locked On Utes podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are, as always, brought to you by our sponsors, Built Bar, Rock Auto, BetOnline.ag. Help them out. Go visit their sites if you feel so inclined. If you make bets on BetOnline.ag, don't blame me if you don't find the victory. We're going to talk a lot today about what's going on with the basketball program. And no, there haven't been any announcements in terms of a third assistant being hired yet. Maybe we'll get some breaking news in the morning. Who knows? I haven't heard anything yet. But we are going to talk about Coach Craig Smith getting to work. He's already making the rounds on the recruiting circuit. It looks like the University of Utah basketball program has extended, re-extended an offer, I should say, to 2022 recruit Colin Chandler. If you are a regular listener here on the Locked on Utes podcast, you know that we are huge fans of Colin Chandler. Colin Chandler is a 6'4 shooting guard slasher from local Farmington, Utah. And Chandler is probably one of my favorite prospects to come out of this state in a while. He is an extremely twitchy athlete. He is 6'4", but he is only 170 pounds. He's a little bit slight for his size. That'll obviously change as he gets into weight programs and develops a little bit more. But he's incredibly springy for his size. He is one of the rare athletes who can get by guys in a multitude of fashions using just his own body. He doesn't necessarily have to have tricky moves or or anything like that. He's incredibly quick. He has good handles. I could go on and on about him. I think the important part that we want to point out here with Coach Craig Smith is that he's already on the job and moving forward full speed. Colin Chandler is probably the most important recruit in the 2022 class for the University of Utah. He is a four-star, 92-ranked recruit for the University of Utah. He is the third-ranked recruit in the state, but in my opinion, he is priority number one for the University of Utah. He is currently behind... Jackson Kohler, a six foot eight power forward out of American Fork, and we have talked about Jackson as well. I, I, he had a strong relationship with Coach 
uh, Larry Kruskoviak in the past, and so I would assume that Coach Smith and crew will also uh, visit him, talk with him, speak with him, extend an offer to him as well. I haven't heard anything about that yet, but as I, they will more than likely pursue him as well. He is a low-post throwback player and a really, really fun one to watch. He was dominant at a, at a tournament last weekend, I believe it was, last weekend or two weekends ago, I can't remember. Uh, both of those players sit behind Richard Isaacs Jr., who is a point guard out of Wasatch Academy. If you've never heard of Wasatch Academy, they are located in Mount Pleasant, Utah. Yes, the old stomping grounds for the Brown Bear when he played at Snow College down there in San P. County. I didn't make it up to Mount Pleasant a lot unless it was for food truck night, and they had a tremendous, uh, was it, it, I believe it was a Korean barbecue out of of all the things to have down there. Uh, but anyways, Wasatch Academy has become a powerhouse of a basketball program. It is a national program. It is very not, not, let's try that again. It's very much not a local school. And they have one other prospect uh, for 2022, Matus Ronsky, who is a 6'6 small forward. I would not consider either of those players in-state recruits as much as they are national recruits. And what I mean by that is is in football, for example, there's the IMG Academy where players go from all over the place to go there and play football and be recruited nationally. That's kind of what Wasatch Academy is. In the past, Wasatch Academy has had a very, very strong relationship with BYU due to the head coach there having a strong relationship with Mark Pope. This will be one of the inroads that uh, Craig Smith will be tasked with making as he becomes the new head coach at the University of Utah. Larry Kriskoviak and his staff tried extremely hard to build those relationships. They had, uh, I guess I could say it this way, they had very strong hopes that they would get Emmanuel Acott from there. Acott decided to go to the University of Arizona. They also had a commitment from Caleb Lohner, who was uh, from Wasatch Academy. We all know how that one worked out. I've talked about it way too much on here. I swear I'm not bitter. I, I just really love Caleb Lohner. I mean, that's the bottom line, and it sucks to see him play for BYU, uh, but it's also very, very fun to watch him play basketball still. So getting back to it, Colin Chandler getting the re-offer from head coach Craig Smith, getting it this early in the process is a very, very strong move on the part of Smith. He understands what the important part of recruiting is, and that's to protect your home turf. Now, when we talk about football at the University of Utah, I tend to argue that it's not as important because the University of Utah is an established football program. They don't have to give the appearance of rebuilding or reigniting a fan base or, or growing roots again because it's established. They know what they've done with in-state kids. They have a history. There are 15 years of Kyle Whittingham leading that team to tremendous amounts of success, including the Sugar Bowl victory, including back-to-back Pac-12 championship games. Probably should have had an opportunity at it this year had COVID not been an absolute jerk and ruined everything. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, the big issue, I think, is that with basketball, you have to be able to recruit in state initially. When Larry Kriskoviak took over, they made it priority number one to go get the best recruit in state. That just happened to be Jordan Loveridge. 
And when they landed Jordan Loveridge, it ended up turning the program around. I don't know why it is. Maybe it's because the kids feel more comfortable at home. Maybe it's because they're less likely to get homesick and go home. Uh, but that just seems to be the recipe is you've got to go establish yourself in your home state. And so I think extending the, uh, re-extending the offer to Colin Chandler is very important. I also just really want to see him play at the University of Utah. He doesn't have a ton of offers currently from other programs, but he is likely to blow up if, if he continues to play on the circuit. He has, uh, interest from Stanford is the other school that I've heard of, but I think this is one where if coach Smith goes in hard and, and, and really works with Colin Chandler that he could get him to commit early on. And, and that would be huge because currently the youths don't hold any commitments for the 2022 class. There are some other targets that they have out there. I would imagine that the other aspect of it is going to be, uh, much more reliant upon the old transfer portal in terms of year number one for uh, for this new staff going into the University of Utah. And we did hear some news, I guess it would be, about Mikey Saunders, who also was a Wasatch Academy player at one point in time that played at Cincinnati, who had entered the transfer portal. Supposedly, according to Twitter reports, Coach Smith had a Zoom meeting with him as well as Mark Pope. And so it begins. They're going to be going head-to-head for a while now, and it's going to be fascinating to see. And I think depending on how these early battles go, we may see really how proficient Coach Smith is at recruiting. He's already done a masterful job of recruiting the University of Utah fan base. I think there's more excitement around the program than I've seen uh, ooh, man, in, in a long, long time, perhaps since 2016, even, well, 2014, maybe I hard to say. Um, I don't think of years very well. I'm not good at that. Uh, that's why we have Jake here. Cause he remembers things. I just talk, but if he can get some of these bigger names or these important players to jump on board early on, I think that's more momentum in his favor that he can push as they go out on the road and start to go after the Bobby Clinton Clintmans of the world, you know, another prospect from Sweden. He's a six, eight swing man that has offers from Kansas and Virginia. In addition to the university of Utah, those seem to be the, the, the front runners currently, although the university of Utah is one of the first programs to offer him along with San Francisco, but Clintman is a phenomenal swingman. Like I said, 6'8", 190, a lot of skills, very athletic, a very fun-to-watch player. He's also an international guy, which I think is going to be a focus for the University of Utah for a little bit now because that's going to help them get established as having a winning culture. It seems like the European players want to stay put a little bit more. And if you look at some of the programs on the West Coast that maybe don't have the geographical footprint in their favor. So look, we're talking about Gonzaga. There's no way to get around it. The St. Mary's as well, I think is another good one where you're not exactly in the, the hotbed of whatever it is, whatever state it is or whatever city it is. You're not in LA. You're not in San Francisco. You're not in Seattle. You're not in some of these major West coast cities, but you can still compete because those players come over here and they feel comfortable. I think Pella Larson's a great example. What we've seen from Mickey Yontanen, 
you know, another good example of a player who can come in and be steady and be well prepared. There's also some benefit to getting the European players because of how they're developed overseas. And they're a little more fundamentally sound, whereas a lot of the AAU players, especially the higher ranked ones, are so conditioned to one-on-one ball skills and one-on-one play. They're, they're not great team players necessarily. Now, obviously, there are always exceptions to that rule. But for the time being, I think that's the, the focus that you want to get to with the University of Utah. So if you can nab any of those guys, it'll be a big deal. And I think Colin Chandler is the kind of player where if you can get him, that's a massive get. He is, like I said, just so much fun to watch. So if you get a chance, uh, search his name on the... Uh, YouTubes on the internets and take a look at his film because it is definitely worth watching. And just like the film for Colin Chandler is worth watching, it's worth going to rockauto.com to get the parts that you need for your automobile. Whether you're a try-it-yourselfer or more of a do-it-yourselfer, whatever your skill set, your level of experience, Rock Auto is the place to go to get all your auto parts. I was looking on there the other day because apparently this is my new thing is I like to go there and look up parts that I can order for my car. And I realized that they actually sell body parts there. And so I'm debating if I should just order body parts and build my own car. Let me know in the comments if you think that's a good idea. If you think it's crazy... I might still do it because you know why? It would be super cheap because rockauto.com has the best prices out there. They're anywhere from 30 to 50% cheaper than anywhere else in town. They give you the best prices because they keep them reliably low and equal for professionals and for the do-it-yourselfers, us at-homers. Why would you want to spend up to twice as more? Uh, twice as much to go to a brick and mortar store where we can have it delivered directly to your door in a timely fashion. Just go to rockauto.com. They've been in business doing this for 20 years. They know how it's done. They know how to get you the right part on time, right away, right when you need it, right to your doorstep. Make sure that when you go there, you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com Coming across the wire early on Wednesday morning, it was the announcement that we were all hoping for, keeping our fingers crossed. There will be a limited number of fans allowed to attend the spring football game. According to the release, 6,500 tickets will be available to fans. The game will be at Rice Eccles Stadium, Saturday, April 17th, at a 12 p.m. start. You'll get an opportunity to go see the new Ken Garf Performance Zone at Rice Eccles Stadium. I don't think they'll be allowing people to go walk through it, but you'll be able to go into the stadium and see it a little bit more up close. For those who drive by the University of Utah on a pretty regular basis, it's fun to watch the progress. It does seem to be moving pretty quickly. I do live nearby there and tend to drive by. Just, you know, as long as I can make it to wherever I'm going with a little bit of a detour, no big deal. Tickets will be available for purchase on Friday, April 2nd at 10 a.m. They may be purchased for $10 or in a bundle of four tickets for $22 online or by phone. The phone number is 801-581-8849. That's 801-581-8849. 
Uh, it'll all be ex uh, distributed digitally, so you'll have it on your phone, so you won't have to worry about touching things. Mask will be required for everyone in attendance at all times inside the stadium. You'll need to maintain physical distancing, sit in groups limited to those who share the same household, blah, blah, blah. We've heard all this before. Uh, if you have questions, just go to the website, utahutes.com. Uh, the funds from the ticket sales, in case you're wondering, because I think there's always this uh, well, why do we have to pay for it? And and look, you're not going to get a $35 million deficit cured by charging $10 per ticket to the spring game. So what the University of Utah has done is, is something really neat. They're going to, uh, provide, uh, I guess, donate or allocate all the funds from ticket sales to the Ty Jordan Memorial Scholarship Fund. So if you have the means, if you have the ability, go ahead and buy some of those tickets. Again, one ticket, $10, bundle of four, $22. Uh, the, this is going to be the probably the one opportunity that we're going to have to actually watch the Utah football team before fall in action. And so uh, for those who are able to, go ahead and get out there. I am going to be doing everything I can. I've not been told how many press uh, will be allowed in there, and, and uh, I know – I know calling me press is, is like calling a cheeseburger without a bun a health meal. But look, they like me. I don't know why. But I always try to be up there, so I hope that you can make it as well. And if nothing else, uh, the opportunity to donate money to that Ty Jordan Memorial Scholarship is is such a great way to memorialize a player lost to such a terrible tragedy and to be able to do it and then go watch the University of Utah football team practice, I, I'm assuming it's going to be the most excited that Utah fans have been to watch a practice in a very, very long time. Uh, all this will be contingent upon you know, what's happening in terms of the numbers and everything like that. I, I'm not going to get political on it, I, even though I think that the health of individuals is not a political statement. Uh, but this is why we're begging everyone to do what, what the you know health department has asked us all to do um, so that we can get these things back and get them back quickly. Uh, I, no one has missed being in person for football more than me. I can almost promise you that. Um, and this is our step forward. It, it's super exciting. And so just for the sake of your boy, Brian Brown over here, who is struggling mightily under not being able to stand outside a fence and bug Steve Bartle about everything he's seeing, please, 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 let's make sure this thing gets stomped out and so that we can go see more football games in the fall with a full stadium and tailgate lots and a brand new Ken Garf performance zone and all the fun smoked meats and snacks and drinks and everything like that. What, football is food? Football is family, food is family, everything is family. Uh, so let's let's do our part. And if you want to get those tickets, make sure to go to utahutes.com or call that number 801-581-8849. It's Skittle season here on the Locked On Utes podcast. And you know what that means. You need to go to betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
football starting to wrap up with the FCS, but hey, maybe Bet Online will give us some lines for the Utah Spring Game. Something I could look into. Or the NBA in full swing, the NCAA. It's a big weekend. There are some really cool prop bets on Bet Online in regards to most outstanding player. It's very interesting, but if you were going to vote for or uh, vote, <laughs> if you're going to put money down on a most outstanding player, uh, you'd have some pretty good. Uh, returns if you're going to bet on, say, Johnny Juzang from UCLA. He's plus 6,600. Your returns might not be so good for Jalen Suggs. He's plus 450. The Davion Mitchell, a.k.a. Donovan Jr., is plus 1,600. Quentin Grimes from Houston, plus 1,600 as well. So there are some guys on that list where you could get a really good return for betting on the most outstanding player from the tournament. Just one of the many types of odds and, and award show, TV show, reality TV, all those kinds of things, props that Bet Online offers odds on or opportunities to bet on. Uh, they have you covered for all the news scores and odds as well. Uh, it's the best place to do it. Free to sign up. Just go to the website. Use your mobile device. If you can't do that at this point, send me a DM and, and we'll dispatch somebody in your house to your house ASAP from Brown Bear Geek Squad to help you figure this one out. You can have 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, with the promo code locked on, make sure you use that. And go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Well, well, well. If it isn't our old championship in the built bar bracket challenge for 2021, the flavorful four, it's over. Cookie Dough Chunk versus Coconut Brownie Chunk for the championship. What did I tell you, gang? It's not that often that I'm 100% correct, but I'm right about this. And I'm also right about Built Bar being one of the best tasting protein bars on the market, if not the best. It is far and away my favorite snack. Helps me bridge the gap between those long breaks. I'm sitting at my desk and I just need something good and healthy to get me through to lunch or whatever else it is that I'm doing that day. If I feel like a sweet snack later in the evening, but I know I can't have a cookie or anything like that, I just reach for the Built Bar. Usually has more than 18 grams of protein depending on the bar, less than 5 grams of sugar. It is keto friendly. They make it with real chocolate. You've heard me rave about all the flavors. You know what to do. Just go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15. We'll give you 15% off your order. Go ahead and get yourself a variety pack. Check out the other items that they have on the website. Again, the promo code is LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your Built Bar. And go get yourself some Built Bar so that we can get built. Wrapping up a Twitter Thursday here on the Locked On Utes podcast. It is, of course, mailbag time. And as I dip into the mailbag here... I don't know why our mailbag is so crumply, but that's what we're going to do. Our good friend and very loyal listener at Utah Fly Fisherman asks, when rising is healthy in the fall, what's your guess for the eventual starter? That is a great question. I think probably as of January, I would have said that Cam Rising would likely, if he is healthy, and this is one thing that I think we need to continually go back to the way that the injury to Cam Rising was described to me is that it was very similar to the procedure that Zach Wilson had on his shoulder between his freshman and sophomore years. And for those who remember or cared to watch BYU at all during that time, I was producing for 1280, so I had to watch a lot of their games. 
Zach Wilson really struggled early on to put any kind of zip on the ball. Now, as we've seen, thanks to the internet, he obviously has put some strength back into his arm, so everything's okay. The same should be the case for Cam Rising. With the Rising injury, I think the University of Utah has exhausted every single avenue to make sure that this is healed properly, that there are no issues. They've gone to some of the best uh, in the country in, in terms of the rehab aspect and, and making sure that his arm is healthy and ready to go, his shoulder is healthy and ready to go. All that being said, bodies are different, and, and it's hard to put a timeline on how someone heals, and maybe some guys heal faster than others. I think Adrian Peterson's a great example of that. So we're going to have to really find out where Cam Rising is come summertime, and we'll have updates throughout the summer on the podcast about things that we're hearing or what's going on in, in PRPs, which are player-run practices. Those are all allowed under NCAA bylaws, which... Who knows, some of that may be changing because the NCAA sure took it in the shorts today uh, from the Supreme Court. Does not sound like things went well for them. Ouch. Uh, But assuming that Cam Rising is completely and totally healthy, it's going to be a much more difficult uh, possibility of him overcoming Charlie Brewer as a starter. And the only reason I say that is because Brewer for everything that there were question marks around Jake Bentley has has zero of those question marks surrounding his game. He's a much more uh, decisive player. I think he's a much better athlete than Jake Bentley. I've said it before. Brewer is a running quarterback. He's not an athlete playing quarterback or a athletic uh, quarterback, meaning that he can run when he's forced to. Uh, he's a little bit shorter and and. I'm more of a fan of, of that 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", quarterback. I think anytime you get a little bit taller than that, you get into some of those lanky guys, uh, who did those long striders. I think Alex Smith was probably the very top of the spectrum for me. And so if you're going to have a running quarterback, which Kyle Whittingham has constantly uh, reiterated that he wants a running quarterback, I think all that plays to Charlie Brewer's favor. And so Cam Rising has been in the program for a long time. He probably knows the offense as well as anybody at this point. Not a lot has changed. We're now into year three of it, so he should understand it. But the difference is reps and experience. And Charlie Brewer's getting all these reps in spring, whereas Cam Rising is hanging out. So I would say that it more than likely is Charlie Brewer going into the fall. Again, everything can change. It's hard to predict all of that stuff, but from what I've heard, from what we're hearing, Brewer has just been super impressive. And if you haven't caught the uh, podcast with Charlie Brewer and Britton Covey, uh, the I think it's all about you podcast that the uh, that Maddie Hansen and uh, Gianna Colosimo do the uh, the Bash Sisters of Utah football, if I do say so myself, because they do a phenomenal job of just getting the job done. Um, with all of the University of Utah's promotional needs, student development, everything like that. They're incredible. Um, And yes, I am pandering to them, both because they're amazing and also because I like them and maybe want to be on All About You one day. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, that's definitely worth a listen. And uh, yeah, so that's where we're at in terms of Cam Rising and Charlie Brewer. I think Jaquin and Jackson, Peter Costelli, uh, Bryson Barnes, Cooper Justice, all quite a bit behind those guys not quite a bit but at this point we're not going to see anything out of them that will make them compete for the fall who knows what happens over the summer though 
Moving on to the next question, uh, Mike Fergie Ferg, Mike Ferguson asks, how do the different recruiting types differ in terms of a coach's strategy capabilities? In uh, parentheses, he has AAU, international, local, etc. It's a great question. Um, we kind of covered that a little bit in the opening segment, but AAU is typically the athletes that you want to go after. They're going to be the most athletic guys, the most highly touted guys, the best length, the best size, that kind of thing. And so you're going to want to target those guys that come from AAU teams that you have strong relationships with. The University of Utah in the past has had a really strong relationship with Compton Magic. It should continue with the Marlowe Slocum coming in. Another program that they've had a pretty powerful connection with is West Coast Elite. We've talked about them previously on the podcast, that it's Earl Watson's AAU program. It's bizarre when he was coaching the Suns, he couldn't ever talk to the players or watch the games because of the NBA rules. Uh, a silly season with some of this recruiting stuff. We'll see. Um so those are the guys that you're primarily going after. You're, you're going to want to find culture guys without a doubt. I think for your international players, you're looking for really highly skilled, uh, really developed guys. I think Mickey Yontanen is a good example of that. A lot of the little things he does so well, he's almost Ricky Rubio-esque for the University of Utah basketball team. Um in the sense that when he's on the court, they're just a much better product. And there's no real statist- statistical uh, analysis or anything like that alignment to what it is that he's doing specifically. He just makes big winning plays on the court, and he does the good, the little things, the details really well. And so I think that's kind of what you're going after when you want your international kids. For the University of Utah right now, I think the bigger target is making sure that you're getting guys into your program that want to be there for a few years. And so the Lazar Stefanoviches, uh, the Bert Thelissons of the world coming from overseas understand that they're going to be there for a couple years. Same with like Pillow Larson, for example, where they know that it's a two or three year stint at, at the very minimum so that they can get some eyes on them and get some NBA attention. Uh, and so that's kind of where you're looking at for that. In terms of the local kids, you want guys who are going to stay here. I think it, Brandon Carlson's a perfect example of that. You're seeing turmoil with the coaching staff, and, and Larry uh, is fired, and then Craig Smith is hired, and there's a two-week span between that, and you're seeing guys go in the portal and hearing rumors, and now it's getting stressful, and Brandon Carlson was there. He was never going to leave the University of Utah. He was never going to go anywhere else. They're committed to the school. They're committed to the environment more so than the coaches. And so that helps to breed culture. The other thing, too, is I think Parker Van Dyke's a great example of it. When you grew up watching the University of Utah and you go and play there and you fulfill your childhood dreams, like, like that's a big deal, you know? For somebody like me who grew up playing football, playing at the University of Utah was everything. That's all I ever wanted. Um, now, as I got to the college level and realized that it was never going to be an opportunity for me, you know, I had to take joys in the fact that we played a bowl game uh, as a JUCO team at Rice Eccles and things like that. And, you know, I, I was never able to fully live my dreams of playing on the field wearing crimson and white for the University of Utah. But at the same time, you know, for those guys who are local, I think that's the big aspect, the big draw for them is that they are, you know, entrenched in the community as much as anything. And they're at the University of Utah because they love the university, because it's a passion for them. It's part of who they are. It's an emotional connection. And for a lot of guys who come in, they do fall in love with school and they fall in love with the friends because it's their college experience. For the local players who come in and do it, it's it's something different, right? It means a lot to represent your community, to have friends and family coming to the games and watching you, you know, your girlfriend being able down the street to see you be the hero, whatever it is. 
So that's the differentiation between that. I also think that in this state right now, where BYU is becoming a more prominent team, Utah State is a prominent team, Weber State is a prominent team, SUU is starting to do some things, Dixie State's on the come up, all this competition now for basketball guys, you need to be the flagship school and you need to get the state's best player in recruiting. I think with football, it's a little bit different, right? Um, Utah's still coming around on that, but they're able to fill holes in the roster through other sources. It's not always essential to get that best player in state. Uh, for right now in basketball, I think it, it kind of is. So that's it for, I went way long on these two questions, but I appreciate everybody uh, who, who reached out or had a question. Thank you to Mike and to my good friend, uh, Utah Fly Fisherman for the questions. We're going to uh, wrap this episode up. Jake should be back tomorrow. We're going to talk a lot about the weekend that's upcoming, give you any other news and notes that we hear, as uh, things always tend to come out through the grapevine one way or another. Uh, There may be some announcements coming. Who knows? We'll find out. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to the Locked on Utes podcast with myself, Brian Brown. Uh, Be sure to follow us on social media, at Locked on Utes on Twitter, at Brown Bear SLC for me, at Jacob C. Hatch for Jake. Also, subscribe, rate, review, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your preferred uh, platform for podcasts is, and give us one of those ratings. I promise if you give us a rating, I will read it on air, no matter how bad it is, it might get bleeped, but that's the fun part about this. It's your chance to shine, so go ahead and write us a review there on Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, gang, thank you for tuning in. Stay well. Be well. Do well, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.